May the light of Christ burst out of the darkness and bathe you in his grace, mercy, and peace. Amen. Our moment for meditation this morning comes from our gospel lesson from John chapter 20. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to see any of the famous paintings of Christ's resurrection, but one of the famous ones I've viewed lately is from uh, an Italian named Fra Angelica, who lived somewhere between 1395 and 1455 AD. His painting of Christ's resurrection is entitled The Resurrection of Christ and the Woman at the Tomb. When you look at the painting, you'll notice an open tomb, an open sepulcher, an angel sitting on the corner of the sepulcher, three women to the right of the sepulcher, a gentleman to back behind the angel, and of course Jesus above the sepulcher with his hands raised and bright shining light coming out upon him. In fact, the only darkness that you see in the painting in the tomb is in the background in the tomb. As I was looking at this picture, I thought, I wonder what the artist painted first when he painted this picture. I wonder if he painted the darkness first or if he painted the light or the angels. And then I thought to myself, I wonder how I would have painted that picture. Well, I can't speak for Fra Angelico, but I know from my, my own experiences that I would probably have bathed it in light. I would have painted all the light in the picture first and put Jesus square front and center. And if I would have added any darkness, it would have been very little and I would have put it in the picture at the end. You know, that's most people view on Easter is that it's supposed to be bright in a sunny day, not doom and gloom. You save the doom and gloom for Good Friday. It's okay if it rains on Good Friday because that's what Good Friday's, you know, kind of is, doom and gloom. So doom and gloom on Friday, but cheerful and bright and colorful on Sunday morning. And you know, that's what the resurrection represents. It represents hope and good news and celebration. And yet I find it ironic that when you think about the resurrection, the resurrection actually occurred in the dark. This is something that I hadn't really considered before until I started studying the gospel lesson more and read more commentary on it. Um, and one of the questions that one of the commentary people had put forth was, think about it. In our gospel lesson, when did Mary go to the tomb? In the darkness. It was in the darkness. And when she noticed that the stone had been rolled away, it was still in the darkness. So when did the resurrection happen? It actually happened in the darkness. You know, we tend to view Easter as that day that should be sunny, the weather's supposed to be nice and all that, and uh, not supposed to be rainy or anything like that. If it does rain on Easter, we think of Good Friday. And it's okay if it's like that on Good Friday, because that's Good Friday. That's the order of things. Good Friday, doom and gloom, then we have, you know, the darkness on Saturday and we get up on Sunday morning on Easter sun, Sunday when the sun rises up behind us. And it's supposed to be bright and cheerful because it's a day of celebration. And yet that's not how the resurrection is depicted in the Gospel of John. It doesn't start out all sunny and cheerful, does it? Mary came to the tomb on the first day of the week early while it was still dark. No, our resurrection story starts in the dark, in the earliness of the morning. It's still somber, and it's only going to continue to be somber until it isn't anymore. Notice that while it's dark, Mary sees that the stone's been removed from the entrance to the tomb. There apparently is enough light outside to eliminate the tomb in the darkness for Mary to see at that point that Jesus isn't in there. Or maybe it was just an assumption that Jesus had been taken from the tomb because Mary had noticed that the stone 
had been removed. But whatever it may have been, it was enough to send Mary to find Simon Peter and John and apprise them of the situation. And the somber scene continued upon further investigation with the discovery by the disciples of an empty tomb and folded linen and no Jesus to be found. And then eventually Mary left weeping outside of the tomb by herself. The setting seems gloomy from both a setting perspective and an emotional perspective. And thus far, the resurrection is not painted in a very cheerful picture. But as illogical as it may seem, Easter was born in the darkness. And yet, it still breaks into our realities and comes and meets us right where we are, in the very darkest days and places of our living. Even today, right now, amidst the dark, scary, uncertain world, a world where coronavirus dominates the news, where we're rampant with fears of, of us getting coronavirus and what's gonna happen next in the uncertainty of the world. Easter this day springs forth out of the tomb. It's what we need to see is the light that Jesus gives us. And what we need to see it is something else that I hadn't considered previously. Every time I've read this gospel lesson over the years, I've either focused on Mary or the gardener or the disciples or the folded linens or the empty tomb. But the one thing that I had never considered in all this was the stone itself. The stone that seals the tomb, the entrance. The stone that had been rolled away. The stone that was so large it would take multiple people to move it. But now I see something different with a stone. I see that the stone represents an obstacle. Let's consider this. Mary had originally believed that Jesus had been taken from the tomb. Why? Because the stone had been removed and there was enough light to reveal that the tomb was empty. The disciples came running to the tomb after being told that Jesus' body was missing. We find out from John that the disciples saw and believed. They saw and believed what Mary had told them, that the tomb was empty, that Jesus had been resurrected, yet they still at this point didn't understand what the resurrection meant. But think about it for a moment. What must they have thought when the stone was in front of the tomb? Maybe they thought that Jesus was dead, that their hope was gone, that the tomb had been sealed and they forever separated from their Christ. Even for Mary, who was left weeping outside the tomb, what must she have thought as she wept openly? The stone too large for one person to remove, a stone that those who wanted Jesus dead, who buried him in the tomb, never would have removed themselves, had blocked any sense of hope from those following Jesus. That's what obstacles do. They block our hope. They block us from God. They can seem daunting like we can never remove them. They can seemingly block anything that bars us from any kind of hope and celebration. Years ago, there was a columnist from Georgia, uh, Georgia named Michael Guido who wrote about an artist in Mexico who lost his right hand while carving a statue. So he learned, he, Michael Guido says, this artist learned how to carve with his left hand when he finished his statue and he named it in spite of. Michael Guido went on to write that a, a sound body, a brilliant mind and a cultural background, a huge amount of money, a wonderful education doesn't guarantee success. He said, look at Booker T. Washington. He was born into slavery. Look at Thomas Edison. He was born deaf. Look at Lincoln. He was born to illiterate parents. Helen Keller couldn't see or hear but yet she graduated with honors from a famous college. Michael Guido went on to say, got a handicap? 
call on the Lord. No problem is too big for him or too small. He will make everything work together for good if you trust in him. Michael Guido understands the nature of the human spirit to overcome any obstacles. But as Guido went on to point out, the human spirit only overcomes obstacles through the power of God. How about that stone blocking the entrance to the tomb of Jesus? When the stone was removed, light came about. Hope sprung forth and life began to be viewed differently. It didn't mean that the problems went away. It just meant that life had meaning again. Why? Because Jesus is alive. Because Christ is victorious over the grave. The power of God removed the stone that sealed the tomb. Removed the obstacles that kept us from him. God speaks to Mary and upon hearing Jesus' voice, Mary recognizes Jesus. She has an encounter with him that brings her hope and causes her to go and tell the others what she has seen. And here we are today. And I wonder what stones are blocking us from Jesus? What stones are sealing us off from believing that our Lord is alive, that is keeping us from his hope? Things may seem dark today, but Easter comes even in the darkest of places in our lives to bring us into the beautiful light of God. We may not be able to remove the stones ourselves, but there is no stone too big for Christ to remove. When we go looking for our Savior, the barriers have already been removed. We have open access to him, and he's waiting to shine his light on us, just as he did for Mary and the disciples who went looking for him in his tomb. Picture this day. This day we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. The world may be dark around us, but Christ's light is shining bright. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And you can't paint a better picture than that. And to God be all the glory.